Welcome back to Cow Punchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. As always, I am one host, Stu Kaufman. I am another host, Amy McLeod. And I am uh, sometimes a host, and my name is Pat Jarrett. And tonight we watched Day of Anger from 1967, directed by Tonino Valeri, and starring Lee Van Cleef and Giuliano Gemma. And this was a gem. <laughs> Let me say that right off, right out of the gates. Is it still a Western if it's so mod? <laughs> I was, you know, after I finished watching it, I would love to see somebody make an anime out of this. Just like equally colorful and just off the wall. Well, they already made, I mean, it's already like the Cowboy Bebop opening almost verbatim. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Oh my God, I didn't even think about opening, that. That opening, man. That opening. Well, I was wow. thinking you could make this a gangster movie. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. It's kind of irrespective of genre. It could be Certainly. a samurai movie. It could be. Well, the reason I thought, like, anime is, like, you've already got the, the, the audio right there. Like, so, like, that that's all the work you need. Like, half the work is done. <laughs> oh, totally. It's, it was a wild one. Like, uh, I, I, d- Amy, do we want to plot this one? I'll, I'll plot it. It's, right. uh, um, it has a pretty simplistic plot. Uh, we have our, I guess, one of our main characters, Scott, also known as Scott Mary. Or uh, Joe Shit the Ragman. The literal shit shoveler in town. He's Everybody, just a humble poopsmith. <laughs> yeah, he's a humble poopsmith. Uh, everyone in town treats him like the garbage that he takes away for everybody. And then Lee Van Cleef, whose character's name is Talby, uh, comes to town and is the only person who is nice to him, other than the, the madam and that one uh, uh, hooker was nice mm-hmm. to him. But I everyone mean, else treats him for about three seconds. <laughs> right, for like three seconds. So I mean, like, with uh, maybe they treat him like crap the rest of the time. But yeah, uh, Lee Van Cleef's the only one who treats him with respect. And, you know, so of course he clings to this guy um, who then promises to teach him. Well, doesn't promise. He kind of just uh, clings on to him until he kind of gives in. Is like, all right, kid, I'll teach you what it's like. I'll teach you all the rules of being a gunman. And then we find out. A shootist, if you will. Yeah, it was like the shootist, if the shootist went in a different direction. Uh, so, I get it, because Lee Van Cleef is an aging gunman. He takes uh, Scott under his wing, and it turns out Talby's got some business with that town. Because mm-hmm. one of his past associates, I guess, stashed, worked with some people and stashed a bunch of money there, but they double-crossed him. So, uh, he's trying to get his money back from the people of the town. So, they're real jerks in more way than one. Oh, oh yeah and then uh he kind of starts taking over the town to the point where you're like holy crap lee van cleef is the bad guy maybe he'll turn yeah <laughs> so then scott has to take down the very man who made him what he was i knew see when this started off and they he was teaching him the lessons i just knew there'd be a, a point where scott would have to kill his master i knew it was going to be like a like there was going to be like a, a a showdown where it's like he must kill his own master, but why? You know, <laughs> we have to get to that point. Hear mysterious music. Look off into the into the distance. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and thro- throughout the movie, Lee Van Cleef did deliver a number of rules, which um, I can read those off, uh, or we can kind of go through the plot and I can read them as they apply. You have a yeah, preference? Yeah, I, I, I think we could freeform it because like there are a lot of rules. What was it rule number one? Uh, what was rule was number one? Rule number one <laughs> is never beg another man. That's right. That's right. And then rule number two is don't trust anybody. And yes. Lee Van Cleef taught this to because I, you know, he might be Talby, but it's Lee Van Cleef. Come on. It is. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. He wears sharpest. the same costume in every movie. It's true. <laughs> He's the sharpest face in film. I, I think he owns those clothes. I think we've seen them in that in like Sabata yeah. and you know various other films. I, we've said before he just shows up on set like I like I'm imagining a job fair like scenario where the westerns are doing their casting and Lee Van Cleef's just dressed up ready to go and he just shows up and they're like oh Lee Lee over here over here no, no Lee over here Lee over here Lee Lee here hey, hey you wanna you wanna be a western yeah. right you you ask him to like read a script and he just sh- 
shoot you that look and be like, all right, um, I guess I guess you're you're hired. <laughs> I, 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 can you read? Gives you a look again. Oh, oh, uh, all right, well, you're hired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Oh man, uh, I, I wrote notes down. Um, <laughs> one of the very first things I wrote down. Just, I think this is best without context. I sure hope that's chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it See, was one pretty of the fr- <laughs> disgusting. I, I want to talk about that first few. That first when we're first introduced to young Scott. Um, mm, yes, he's like carting his cart of shit around town, collecting yeah. everybody's shit buckets, mm-hmm. and he seems like a nice enough guy. Right, mm-hmm. he's just and, got a terrible job. And, you know, and it seems like he does a lot of odd jobs. Like, he does that, which is terrible. But then someone's like, hey, come over later and sweep my steps. And he's like, no problem. Um, right. And then everybody just treats him like trash. They're like, we don't want your trash self around here. And one guy calls him, what, an ugly son of a bitch. And I'm like, a that is an objectively ug- A stupid, man. ugly bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ugly son of a bitch. Yeah, he had very, very white teeth. Yeah. Yeah, for the shit man. Yeah, right. For an ugly shit man, it's like, it's essentially like a human Ken doll. And you're like, you ugly shit man, get out of my, get out of my establishment. Coming from like a snaggle tooth bartender. It's like, what? Yeah. What? What is going on here, y'all? Yeah. He looked better than anybody else in that town. Yeah. And it turns like the only reason they don't respect him is because he's a bastard. And I'm like, have you have a house. brothel in town. What I'm you sure expect? you have plenty of bastards. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what's 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 what, what's going on here, everybody? Yeah, I just I, I, I felt very bad for Scott because I was like, he's a handsome, hardworking young man, right. and they're like acting like he's got the plague. So here's the, another. Here, let me let me ask you a question about Scott. How old do you think he's supposed to be in this movie? I think I feel like the part was written for like a twelve-year-old. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But he's clearly like a twenty-five-year-old man. Yeah, he's yeah, he's clearly a full full-grown man. But like, he keeps having these like he had the toy gun, wooden wooden gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That he's like practicing drawing, and it's like, like, and he keeps having these things where he like. He acts like a 12-year-old boy. Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, here's a crazy thing is uh, Giuliano Gemma, you want to guess how old he was at the time this uh, movie was released? I don't know. 25? Uh, I'm going to go the other route and say 12. (laughs) He was 29. Whoa. I'll push in 30. Yeah. So he is, in fact... A grown ass man, as this, as we, as the common parlance is. But I feel like the movie would have made more sense if they'd have cast a twelve year old. I mean, I think that would have changed the tone quite a bit. <laughs> or a sixteen year old, maybe. Yeah, 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 it, yeah teenager. But I guess in Italy, if you're that greasy and have that white of teeth, then you know you get a pass to be a twelve year old. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I'm like no. No th- almost 30-year-old is going to be that excited about, oh, look at this wooden gun. I treasure it. <laughs> right, right. Also, when, uh, so Lee Van Cleef says, uh, you should take your mother's name, Scott and Mary. And he says, well, they'll laugh at me. And he says, well, so what? Is that the genesis of Boy Named Sue? Maybe. The Johnny Cash song? I don't know. Like, but I, part of me was like, what's so laughable about Scott and Mary? That sounds pretty normal yeah exactly <laughs> coming from a guy right. named talby yeah so that's the name of like an like uh, like they chose they picked that name out of like a movie about victorian england oh mr talby is coming over for tea cakes later <laughs> better get See, the was... lemon scones ready oh a wonderful time so i was thinking it'd be more like talby corp we make things yeah, that too. Right, and their uh, their commercials just a bunch of stock footage of like a sunrise and birds flying. These grandparents, right? Just men shaking hands. Yeah, yeah. It's like a factory, something going on a out of a at, factory. At Talbico, we we do business to business solutions For with your... this sharp faced man. <laughs> Talbicorp. We don't know stock. anything about any Superfund site. Nope, not at all. <laughs> 
Don't ask us about what happened in 1979. Right. We won't tell you. Formerly named Noxco. <laughs> Talby, you don't know us, but we know everything about you. Right. <laughs> it's wild, man. Like, it, it was such an odd, like, the boy named Sue thing I couldn't get out of my head. Like, granted, it's a, it's a good message. Mm-hmm. You know, like, who cares who's making fun of you? They'd all laugh at me. If I said my name was Scott Mary, so what? Exactly. But, right. If you, especially if you can shoot them to death. Oh, that bit. <laughs> <laughs> also, guys, I'm I'm throwing this out here as like a, I don't know if this is a the bombshell it was for you that it was for me. Stu, could you tell me the name of of Scott Mary's mule? Oh boy, yes. can I? I wrote that down. It was yes, Sartana. I exclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> I too cussed. I was like, yeah. Sartana, we can't escape him. <laughs> I am now praying for my death. <laughs> I thought they were just going to go right into it and just be like, it's a Sartana move the whole time. Like, no. no! <laughs> exactly. Why? Also, also uh, Pat, you're probably, uh, as a rural uh, dweller as you are, you're probably more familiar with certain kinds of animals. Was that, in fact, a mule? Looked like a uh, mule to appeared, me. It appeared to be a donkey, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. Uh, then I don't know shit. So, well, all right, I, I, I thought it was just a tiny horse. No, was, <laughs> no, no that was a, a that mule. Was normal-sized mule. Nope, I'm comfortable in my ignorance, Amy. That's fine. <laughs> I don't like think Like most of rural America. Oh, oh. I take it back. I love rural America. Roll America. Don't I do too. That's like the place the place that brought us barbecue. Shit. Gina Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man. Uh, Amy, can we throw us out another rule, eh? Okay. So we covered uh, never trust anyone. So I, I think at that point, Lee Van Cleef had stolen all of Scott's money. And right, said yeah. never trust anyone and like slapped him and eight dollars rode off. Yeah, was that an open handed slap to the face? I think it was. Yeah, he, he got slapped around a lot like the first 40 minutes. Oh my god, it was like Slap Scott Show. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But he so, yeah. step up and slap Scott. He, he, he takes his money, open hand slaps him, and then rides off into the sunset. And I was hoping that, that was going to be the last we see of Lee Van Cleef, just because. <laughs> well, that was the end of the that movie, would, and that would be like great. It's like, wow, that would have been, a, you know... I feel like that's an Oscar-worthy short film right there. <laughs> I uh, Be right back. Going to go make an Oscar-worthy short film. <laughs> the, the next rule. So I thought for sure Scott would have been discouraged by that interaction. Um, but no, he, he seemed completely undeterred. And he um, uh, followed him. So that leads us to the next rule, which was never get between a gun and its target. Which really is just good advice for us all. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Valuable, too, fire, valuable firearms advice. <laughs> which is another uh, uh, valuable service that the cowpunchers provide. Indeed. <laughs> don't, Indeed. Don't get shot. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. But Tip if we number wanna, one. <laughs> if we want to skip into the rules, so that the rule number four uh, is punches are like bullets. Always make the first ones count. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's after Scott Scott Mary just gets totally housed by that grizzled, grizzled, uh, wild... Wild... Was it Jack? Oh, that Jack guy had a Don? hard face. Wild... Uh, hold up, I, I think I wrote that down. Uh, I think, yeah, it was Wild Jack. Man. He looked oh, awesome. I, he got punched in that wonderful saloon, which I could say, if we're doing... If we can bring up saloon watch early... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I would hang a, out in that tequila bar all the live long day. Yeah, we have a. Right, you know what? Hell, let's dive into it. Yeah. Saloon search. There was quite um, a few saloons. This Break was it saloon, down for us. It was saloon heavy. So the first one we meet, we meet, and Amy, I don't know if you wrote this down because I didn't get it. I didn't get it on our watch. Is the name of the first one, but it's like the something hotel. And it's like you Ooh. can get a comfortable room there, and and uh, you know, but it's uh it's very much a 60s western saloon. It's got dark wood paneling, but there's all there is some redeemable qualities to it. Like there's like you can see like um like 
bare boards on the walls and on the ceilings. Um, this looks like a great place to watch a fist fight unfold. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would watch a fist fight unfold. Exactly. And (laughs) there was an absolute ghoul of a man as the bartender. Yeah, the the man who said that uh, Giuliano Gemma was an ugly bastard, which is objectively not true, was in fact a ghoul. (laughs) Yeah, he looks like... Who, spoilers, gets burned alive (laughs) before the movie is out. At, you know that's the best way to get rid of a ghoul. Fire. Don't, don't call the only way to get rid of a ghoul. <laughs> don't call Joe shit the ragman ugly. You'll burn to death. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did like the draperies in this hotel. Mm-hmm. However, the next saloon they go to is a Mexican tequila bar. Yes, it's a it's a cantina. It's, mm. it's not a saloon, but it's a cantina, which we include here on the saloon search because it's valuable. Really, oh. any place you can you can sidle up and get yourself a beverage. Is included in our search. They only yeah. got tequila, and they're making it there because mm-hmm. they got a dang still. Yeah, I, I, and they showed the outside. Beautiful. They got the they got the um, agave plants growing. So yeah, they're they're halfway there. And, the and Frank, oh. yeah, I, like that's the place. I'm with you, Pat. That's where I want to hang out because you, I'm going to get a burrito. It's going to sit poorly, but I'm not going to care. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will. I will eat that horse meat burrito all day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where else you get some go? guac. That might be a day old, but I don't give a shit. That view out there, hell yeah. Keep keep them Dos Equis coming. <laughs> oh, man. I, and then, so that's where Scott Mary gets his face caved in by uh, Wild Jack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Presumably for saying Existing. that he's with Talby. Yes. But nobody really knows why. I mean, if you got a craggy face, you got to punch someone. I didn't well, understand this, that either. I was like, what is going on? Well, at this point in the movie, I thought, like, maybe maybe Scott has something wrong with his face that acts like a magnet for fists and open <laughs> hands. Because mm-hmm. that kid just got punched and slapped all over the place. You know, he I took think, it like a champ, though. Yeah, he did. I, I think Ted Cruz suffers from the same problem, actually. Oh, man. I would love to break my fist off at the <laughs> wrist on him. Don't <laughs> compare poor Scott to Ted Cruz. Who is an objectively... Ugly and evil man. But they both have the face that attracts fists. I'm just saying. True. I know. Like this is uh, that that I'm sure that has a condition as a name and whatever month we're in. That's it's awareness month. <laughs> <laughs> Fist magnet awareness month. There is a word for it. There is a uh, and I forget what it is, but it's like some German term. That, oh, like, I think I know. What you, and yeah. The Germans always have a succinct word for like you know Everything. the place where you're the the, the you know, magnetism that a face has for attracting a fist. Yes. You know, or, or the doughy quality of a baked good on a cold winter's day. I don't know. <laughs> Thousands of Americans suffer every year. <laughs> Please give to help these help find a cure. For as low as 45 cents a day, you too can help people like Senator Ted Cruz. Exactly. Not get punched in the face. I mean, there's one thing that won't help them not get punched in the face, and that's being a you know being a total tool. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> there's be, no there's there's no cure for that. That may be out of the scope of our podcast. <laughs> so, the, look, the science isn't there yet, Stu. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. And uh, so, to complete the hat trick of saloons we have in this movie, we end up with probably the best named saloon, which is which uh, is, comes up from. I'm not even going to call him Talby. I'm just calling him Lee Van Cleef. Yeah. <laughs> he's a planeswalker. So how he's able to go between movie to movie. Yep, it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. The once and future cowboy. <laughs> I thought that was John Wayne. I I lied. <laughs> uh, so what is this? Is this the bar at it's, the end? It's yeah. It's called the Forty Five, and um, they serve champagne. And man, I do love champagne. Champagne's uh, but great. Holy smokes, man! When you get a good champagne and like. It just looked, this place just look, looked absolutely nuts. <laughs> like Art Nouveau doors and glass. Be like, I'm going to go here. Something crazy is going to happen. It reminded me of a cruise ship. <laughs> like, oh, no. A cruise ship casino. Yeah, it like. did. So there was that. And then there were, I believe, four giant fiberglass pistols mounted to the outside. <laughs> they were larger than man size. They were... 
probably eight feet tall each. See, this is the kind of saloon that I would go see a drag show at. <laughs> I, I would expect to see a. I would expect to see awful. a drag show. Yeah, this, like old a west theme. Yeah, old west theme <laughs> drag show that you'd see in a shitty bar in Baltimore, but mm-hmm. in this bar. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and I feel like this kind of bar would be really good at a food you wouldn't expect to see uh, see in like a western theme bar, like. Maybe they're like really good, like 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 sushi or Chinese shrimp food or something. Cocktail. They got the, yeah. the best shrimp cocktail, man. Yeah, this just knocks your goddamn socks off. Crab cakes, holy they smokes! Got, they got that shrimp po' boy. It's gonna <laughs> show on your ass. Don't forget the etouffee. Oh yeah! Holy <laughs> man! It's awesome, yeah, d- regardless. It's and just then, amazing. And then, but then everything else is like old western, like you know they got a collection of bourbons and like you know sure. like beers from Texas and like Hammer. they got a guy, they got a, like a cheap piano where guys tinkling as the drag queens do their thing. You gotta have that. Yeah, it's it, it's it's it really was an amazing uh, mm-hmm. bar. It's just that that tequila bar is really where I'd like to like ride up oh, yeah. and just like you know tie down mm-hmm. my horse and go. Yeah, let's get a tequila. You're exactly. gonna get a better drink there for sure. Yeah, if I was in 1880, I would join you with that, Pat. Be like, "Yep, this is the place." But uh, the the 45 is um, the engineers at Technicolor. They were tasked with making a bar, and that's what they came up with. <laughs> the fever dream. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. Did, oh, did we God. mention this movie was made in 1967? Yeah. <laughs> Acid may have Very. been involved. When I saw Very those 19. giant revolvers like serving as the pillars for the entrance to this thing, I was like, "Have I died? <laughs> Is this heaven? <laughs> well, perhaps the gates to hell." <laughs> Considering oh. the, the the plush cu- um, curtain that served as the door to this place, I'm thinking it's hell. You part that <laughs> curtain, and there's just the never-ending torment and fire behind it. You just hear screams. <laughs> Feel like, yeah, before you open the curtain, you hear, like, the tinkle of, like, the, the, the piano. You hear people, like, cheering, clinking glasses. Then you part the curtain, and it's just like, Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Either that or it, it would be hell, but instead of anybody else being at the bar, it's just all Lee Van Cleef, but, like, three dozen of them. <laughs> Giving you the 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 baddest stink eye he can give you, and oh that man God. can give a stink. He can give I a stink eye like oh. a son of a bitch. Yes. Woo. I want to see that in my dreams tonight. Just go into that place. It's all just Lee Van Cleef, the waiters, the waitresses, the bartender, <laughs> the dancing ladies, and just Lee Van Cleef's face. They're <laughs> staring at you, still dancing. <laughs> this is unsettling. <laughs> but I'm into it. Was, it. Shoot. <laughs> All right, so what, what rule? We, we went off quite on a tangent. What what other rule do we have? Here? Okay, so we that was so we did rule four. That was the punches one. Rule five is if you wound a man, you'd better kill him. And that that I liked that that shootout scene. That was filmed gloriously, mm-hmm. where uh, uh, Lee Van Cleef actually ducks down when uh, 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 Scott Mary gets in the way of Lee Van Cleef shooting a guy. Breaking uh, uh, rule number three. Breaking Scott. rule number three. Grievously. Yes. He, Lee Van Cleef then ducks down and shoots the man, in, shoots Wild Jack between the legs of one Scott Mary. That was a pro move. Pro that was move. amazing. That was amazing. Because, like, Scott's like, no, don't shoot him. Don't kill him. Like, and then, like, you could see the guy reaching for the gun. I want to see, like, two, sp- like, pro sports commentators, like, do a slow-mo review of that. That was just so cool. <laughs> well, you, well, you, well, you see, Amy, here, here he comes down, and this is just a pro move. Uh, we, we, we see uh, Joe shit the ragman going for the block, trying to do the honest thing. But we know it's going to happen. And I guess got to say, that's why, that's why he got drafted for this team. You know, uh, you you got that right, Stuart. Uh, I'm I'm taking a look at the footage right here right now. Uh, you can see Wild Jack. He's really trying to pull one over here on old Talby. He's doing the old possum trying to well, play we, dead. We can see the we can see Amy the, the emotion in the backfield here, and then yes. the gun being brought over here. Uh, all all while, while while our friend Scott Mary is running fine interference uh, to Talby, and and really Talby wouldn't have any of that. And uh, he made the pro move, the veteran move to. Shoot him dead, cold in the sand. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, that's a that's a very clear execution of rule number five. So uh, way to go. That's why Talby is the MVP of this shootout. And uh, 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 now we have to take a uh, station break here uh, from Talbico. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Jesus yeah. Christ! Oh man! This this movie was just so slick. It was mm-hmm. so pretty. God damn! All the scenes were really well shot. Was that the? Uh, that wasn't the scene where Talby shoots a guy out of the window, was it? Or or wait, no, they go back. Yeah. Is this right before they go back into town where uh, where our friend Scott is is now no longer dressed as a poop smith, and we have no longer uh, any concept of how long it's been since he was a poop smith? Right, he's yeah, no longer. This, uh, this movie didn't have a great. Uh, concept of time because <laughs> no. it felt like this all took place over like a weekend but clearly <laughs> lots of time must have passed mm-hmm. so i don't know how much like long enough for scott to get some nice looking clothes was it a month was it an hour was it a year no idea there's really other than i think there was a mention in the burning of the hotel scene where he said something like, just a few days ago this happened. But that was the only time we got any indication of how long it was. And that's like at the very end of the movie. You're like, oh, it was, it was only a couple days, huh? Wow, that doesn't take long, I guess, to become a, an expert gunslinger. Just follow those rules from, from Lee Van Cleef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Man's got that magic touch. Yeah. So I think that's around the time where Lee is, is trying to execute his plot to get how much money? Fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars out of the town. Mm-hmm. Which in 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 what eighteen forty time? Yeah, is like let's just eighteen eighty or something. That's that's a lot of cash. Yeah, that's that's like three Bezoses. <laughs> Hold on, I will get you the exact number. All right. Oh. So give me a year. What do you think this was? Oh, 1888. Well, this only goes back to 1913. Uh, so let's we'll, not, we'll, we'll take stick it. with that. Yeah, yeah. 1913. All right. $50,000. In 1913. Gives a ballpark figure. Well, okay. So that is uh, $1.3 million today. <laughs> I'm sure you can add a few... <laughs> Add more info and more numbers to that. That's a lot of money for the other thirty years or so. That's that's a shit ton of money from from a city, but like I guess. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's trying to get this money because he he wanted to get it from Wild Jack, but Wild Jack's like, shit. I've been in jail ten years. I don't have anything, and he's right. like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna shoot you, bitch. Better have my money. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh man, I, 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 so here's my, here's, and I think this, I think I can bring this up here. Was this entire movie, like, was Lee Van Cleef just practicing capitalism? Ooh, like you, you know, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Pat, because I've I've read uh, in several locations that if you want to see the purest form of capitalism, look at any black market. Yeah, that's it. I mean, look at the problem with that, though. You know, I went to business school. (laughs) (laughs) Did you learn of the business? Uh, yeah, yeah, eh, no. Um, but like, at its simplest form, pure capitalism is everybody is selling. Like, there's no difference in quality. Everything's the same, and whoever has the lowest price is going to sell the most. And eventually things will equalize. Um, But the problem with black markets, and I think with Talby's business strategies, (laughs) is he uses quite a bit more violence than I believe Adam Smith was intending with his invisible hand. I don't think the invisible hand was meant to have a six-shooter in it to then kill your competition. Uh, Al Capone would like to disagree with you. I was going to (laughs) say... I guess I you, know, you exactly. could argue, you could argue yeah. the economic incentives for murder in such a scenario <laughs> make it a viable strategy. I mean, you know, like let's let's talk about how uh, 
let's talk about how resources were grifted from Africa. That's from killing people. <laughs> yeah, you Sorry. know. It's, <laughs> right? That's capitalism. That's, mm. uh, you know, it's all about incentives <laughs> and disincentives. And, and the incentive to live is pretty high, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> also to eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Ugh. Wow. And for some, yeah. there's just not enough, so they just keep beco- going until they become dragons, hoarding resources from the rest of us, and that's why we must. And then eat you have a wish. And then you have what we had in 1789, and we're off track. No, <laughs> mm, I know. Yeah, again, again, we're, we're out of the scope of this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Sorry, so leave right, it to me. We're, we're, like, we're, break we're missing right, comrade, on. Let's go. We're missing out on important discussion points, like the appearance of Discount Gene Wilder. Oh, I, I, yeah. I just looked at that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to see more of Mexican Gene Wilder. <laughs> He's that, yeah, Discount Gene Wilder. I was like, oh, it's also the sudden appearance in the background, as distracting as it was, of a chicken just or, 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 or a rooster just walking along. Oh, I, I missed that one. There's a on, bright white chicken. I gotta oh. turn my light on. I can't read my notes. Oh, oh your notes. Well, Hold Amy please. can't. Amy can't read. <laughs> All that business training, and they, she never learned to read. I know. My God, it's it's amazing what you can do without without lit, you know being illiterate. <laughs> Man, we're gonna have to edit that into the podcast. <laughs> it, 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 America's business class is illiterate. My apologies. Pro- Prove me wrong. I could not see with my old ass eyes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh So, uh, b- 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 where were we? Okay, uh, uh, discount Gene Wilder the production, Gene Wilder. Uh, okay. so, oh, so yeah, uh, so discount uh, gunfighters we had in this film. We had discount Gene Wilder. We also had um, discount Rod Stewart at one point. Yes, we did. He, that where one was bandit Rod Stewart? Like. Yeah, that uh, was, so um, when they're in the 45... It was like a nut. There was like a there was suddenly an extra gunman that Talby had hired. He looked like Rod Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, Pat, Pat. I'm gonna have to ask you to stay with me on this one. I'm there. I'm there. I got it. <laughs> stay Wait, with me. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Maggie, I think I got something to shoot at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it, the whole thing was wild. I mean, like. And do the rest of the, do the rules come fast and loose after that? Yes. Um, we have rule number six, the right bullet at the right time. Uh, rule number seven, if you untie a gunman, take his gun first. Which part of me is mm. like, if he's tied up, he probably sh- should have taken the gun as soon as you tied him up. But Right. I, you know, you live your life yeah. the way you want. I'm not going to tell you how to tie up a man. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, by the way, is is now a good time to talk about the uh, homosexual overtones in this whole movie? Lay now it on kiss. us, Pat. Now kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the whole time, they're like, "Type of man, don't take his gun," or some some shit like that. And then, but but then there was the line spoken. <clears throat> there was a whole conversation about caressing the hammer. You don't hit the hammer, you caress the hammer. They were making love to that gun, man. Uh, if that's not American capitalism, I don't know what is. <laughs> and, and then and then at one point, Scott must Mary... must missed that class in school. <laughs> uh, th- th- then Scott Mary says in a duel to uh, someone, Unbuckle your belt and let it drop. Unbuckle your belt and let it drop. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Like, that's a good pickup line. I don't care who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. Between that and and then that was the duel at the forty five, which is the most technicolor drag queen bar in all of Baltimore West. Western drag scene. <laughs> West Baltimore, yep. yes, in all West Baltimore. <laughs> yep. And, and and to say that line in front of the forty five. Unbuckle your belt and let it drop. I'm like, okay, okay. All right, yeah, it's like, on. all right, I get it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we got well, to tie up, take his gun, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is where the rules take a little bit of a turn because after this, when he says, when you untie a gunman, take his gun first, he pulls his gun on Scott like he's going to shoot him. 
And then Scott offers up his own rule. And he's like, rule number eight. Oh, don't give a man any more bullets than he's got a use for. Right. See, and you know, like, throughout this movie, like, Scott was just, like, such a young whippersnapper. I just, well, like, rule number eight, s- suck my dick. Yes. <laughs> rule number eight, shut the fuck up. Rule number nine, bite me, asshole. Because <laughs> later, Talby has his own rule number eight. So I guess, I, I don't know that Scott's number eight is a valid rule. Mm. So Talby's, and I, Talby's rule number eight was accept all challenges, no matter the cost. I thought it was a pretty bad piece of advice. It's pretty pretty ballsy, yeah. I mean, that also seems like something you'd see on like an a motivational poster or a carved stone. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you go into the gym and they have like a guy climbing a mountain and that's written underneath of it. Well it's yeah. it's over the entry doors to Talbico. <laughs> Talbico sweatshop and corporate headquarters. <laughs> We make and things. Th- their labs are across town. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. So the the give that scene where he takes the gun, he gives Talby the gun back, so he can shoot the guys who were trying to kill him. Uh, yeah, they were just like dragging his ass around the desert. I guess death by doing donuts in the middle of the desert behind horses. I don't know. Woo! I didn't understand what their end game was. Like. Why don't you just kill him? I don't know. And that's where they shot Gene Wilder, so. Yeah. <laughs> Gene Wilder, come, no! Come with me and you'll see a world of being dragged behind a horse, I guess. <laughs> a world of drag being dragged behind horses. Uh, nice. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to workshop that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talbico. in here. Right? <laughs> Tal- Talbico. Bringing you the, your lyrics today. <laughs> Tomorrow. Modern soundtrack solutions. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's a corporate word, like bringing you solutions. <laughs> synergy. <laughs> synergy. <laughs> Don't you badmouth synergy. <laughs> Woo. Woo. <laughs> Synergize uh, our core competencies here. Yep. And then, all right, so then it, by the time we get into these rules, they've come back to Clifton, right? Yes, yes. Where we find out that Owen is hunting Talby, right? Yes. Owen yes. with the worst beard. I called him Patchy. I yeah. didn't even record his real name. I just called him Patchy. At first, I thought that maybe it was just growing, like it was supposed to look scraggly, like it was just growing in weird because he's like a crazy guy. But then on closer inspection, it looked like he had shaved it that way. Oh, yeah. That was a choice. That was a choice. And I, I felt the same way, Amy, that he was like, oh, it's a scraggly beard. They did a kind of a good job with that scraggly beard. And then he turned his head and it was like, oh, that's that's on purpose. That's the worst facial hair of the West. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he got to shit. He, he got he got shot to death in the most ridiculous duel I've ever heard of. Oh, this was my favorite. So, like, comes to town and his whole thing is like, oh, we want you to come kill Talby because he's being a pain in our ass. So he ends up preventing Talby from dying when he first gets there. And he's like, oh, because I want to kill him on my terms. I'm like, all right. Looks like we got a badass over here. (laughs) So he meets up with Talby in the saloon. And he's like, all right, like, let's have a duel. And he's like, all right, pistols, pistols at dawn, question mark. And he's like, no, we are going to do fucking flintlock muskets, front loading muskets on horses at dawn. We're going to wear powdered wigs and breeches and big hats. <laughs> but and, also, and was that a, was, what is it, a jousting kind of? Like, <laughs> I've never seen a gun battle that looked more like medieval jousting in my entire life. I think, yeah, I think that's the Western form of jousting. Oh, good God. Is it? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I've never seen a duel like that. But I also love that uh, the footage was like, oh, yes. These men are definitely riding horses. Like, when they showed the close-up, it was like, they'd be on the horse, and they'd be like, from yeah, yeah. far away, they're riding, and then they, they do a close-up, and it's... Right. It's Just, like, yeah. like, shake back and forth a little, Lee, so they think you're on a horse. <laughs> Come on, man. Act don't a little. S- don't swallow that musket ball. <laughs> exactly. While you're riding on that horse, which you most certainly would have. <laughs> and a what full a wi- gallop. And then, 
And then, in the most anticlimactic way, Lee Van Cleef just kills him. Like, yeah, I felt like they built up that guy to be like, yeah, there's a real mofo here, gonna fuck him up, and it's just like, no, he's gonna propose a ridiculous duel, which you would think, if he's gonna propose a very specific type of duel, that he'd be good at it. You'd, you know, you'd think. That's just capitalism. <laughs> we gotta play we, to your strengths. You have to here know. Here we are. What is your value proposition? And for this guy, his value proposition was loading and firing and killing people with a flintlock musket on a horse. And he clearly failed at that. I think he spent uh... too much of his intellectual capital on his beard, the marketing, (laughs) and not enough on the the core product, his brand. And and considering the time he spent on his beard, which was probably like, I don't know, three minutes. And he's like, eh, that's all right. (laughs) I feel like he he like, he like cultivated that. It was was landscaping. As the kids say, it's a look. (laughs) Yeah. I like to say, that's a choice. That's That's a choice. choice. That's a choice. (laughs) I want to know like what the barber said. Are you sure? Right. Yeah, fuck me up. (laughs) (laughs) I want the most terrible beard in the West. If I can't have the best one, I'm going to have the worst one. Make me look like shit. (laughs) What what did you say? Oh, yeah, fuck me up. Make, Make me look like total hell. Can I look like a dusty lemmy crossed with, I don't know, a dirt bag from the Almond Brothers band? Like, let me. Here's here's what I'm gonna look like. All right, like maybe I'm a roadie for Dokken, but on the weekends I do pro am professional wrestling, and uh, and it's kind of a western themed uh, face. So like, work with that. And the barber just going. It's like, oh, look at this man. picture I took of uh, my neighbor's boxwoods, and I just did a really shitty job of trimming them. Make me look like that. <laughs> Make my chin look like a monkey's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. I got the pictures of these bushes, and this it's copy of National Geographic. You see how makes, this baboon has hair happen, here, but no hair here. Make me look like this baboon's ass. <laughs> Are, are are you sure, son? <laughs> no, no. Trust me, they'll see this and be intimidated. <laughs> I can't if, get over if this he beard. Has, if he has the courage to walk around in that beard, he's gonna fuck me up bad. I'm not gonna fuck with him. <laughs> no, most people are thinking be like, he's the kind of guy that like has that done and be like, all right, I want everyone to call me like, like the desperado. I don't want like, no, we're calling you Patchy. Right. But no, no, I'm supposed to be a badass. Call me like, you know, like El Diablo or something. Like, no, you're Patchy. Sh- Shut you're up, patchy. Owen. <laughs> Shut up, Owen. Patchy. Oh, fine. He's God. just mad his name's Owen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, what the, the hell? worst beard in the West. It was uh, distracting. Hands down. Race to the bottom there. Uh, good Lord. And so then, then there's some sort of wild shootout in Clifton where many people are shot off of rooftops. Lots and lots of deadfalls. Lots. Great. Oh, just falling through, falling through porch roofs. It was great. Graceful dives. I will say, the, the the dead drops in this are really, really graceful and athletic. I was, I was, I was enthralled. Yep, and well timed. As they tumble to their doom. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. What, I mean, like, 10 out of 10 dead drops. I, I, I'm, I'm about it. Flinging their gun in the air as they go down. <laughs> I mean, the only, the only way they could have been better is if they fired off their remaining bullets on their way down, a la Predator. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Oh, man. Yeah. They probably hadn't thought of that yet. Nah, Carl Weathers was an innovator. Uh, uh, yeah, Holy moly! Uh, let me just mark the. 
only time that sentence has been said in human history. <laughs> Congratulations, Pat. You've done it. Oh, we're going to be a candidate for the Smithsonian of the Library of Congress now. Thanks. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, but that was... Uh, so Owen, our ridiculously bearded friend, Patchy. After after Patchy was dealt with, that was when uh, Lee Van Cleef decided to set the bartender on fire. <laughs> uh, before we hey. say, hey, like, he just poured you the wrong beer, man. This is this is this is this is overboard. Yeah, like give him a break. Like people have make mistakes. Yeah, but uh, so I, what I thought was very clever is the whole time Lee Van Cleef's coming into town and he's like, yeah. Wild Jack told me y'all were involved, so I kind of got you by the nuts. And if you don't do what I say, all y'all gonna hang. Because he he wrote up a confession. He did not. <laughs> oh, I love that. He just he told everybody that they that there was a confession, but then got everybody to sign confessions. Yeah. So he goes over to the saloon and he's like, uh, "I own half the saloon because Wild Jack owned half of it, and I guess no will necessary, but he left all his shit to me because." That's Old West law. You kill a man, you get all of his shit. Just Seems like a video game. Loot the body. Right. Loot the body. Yeah. I play Red Dead Redemption. I know how this works. Yeah. So he's like, well, sign this thing because we're partners now. And he's like, what? And I can't remember. Did he throw, point a gun at him or anything? Or was he just like mean yeah, he mugging just, him until he just did mean, it? Well, he, yeah. I mean, if Lee Van Cleef mean mugged me, I'd probably you know give him the keys to my car. I'd be scared, yeah. So he signs it, and then like he takes it, and he's like, well, what did you have me sign? And it's like, oh, a written confession. I thought that was fair. What did you make me sign? A nice, complete, detailed confession. Very nice. Yeah, it was clever. That was slick. That was slick. Uh, what, during this whole interchange between him and the bartender, previously he'd gone to the bank so he could get access to the account. And I have to share a joke that I wrote down during this exchange. He goes in... And he says, ah, Mr. Turner. And there's a big sign when you go in the bank that says Teller. And I, feel, I was just like, I missed opportunity for him to be like, it's Teller. The sign's right there. It's Teller. Where's Penn? There's Teller. Oh, man. Why are you talking? Right. <laughs> what the, where's your good. magic? Yeah, ma- <laughs> magic. Magic. Old West magic, everybody. Uh, and then, uh, so, are there any more rules after that? Oh, oh then we get, then we get, there's, is there, is there rule 10? One more rule. So, One more uh, rule. he counts it as rule number nine. I, I don't know if he numbered it or if he just said that here's the last rule, mm-hmm. which is when you start killing, you'll find you cannot stop. Is Lee Van Cleef a serial killer? I yes. mean, the actor or the man? They're both. Yeah. You cannot separate them. Both. <laughs> He's a planeswalker. <laughs> Can there be only the, one? <laughs> well, you, well, I think Amy Amy called me out on this. You're right. John Wayne is the once and future cowboy. I posit that Lee Van Cleef is the once and future gunslinger. Ooh. The everlasting gunslinger. Everlasting. They say he died. Or did he? Bum, bum, bum. He'll be I think he's going to be in another movie. He's going to be in another movie next year. Oh, shit. I would go see that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, but what I love is that that uh, Scott and Mary just, like, recites all the rules back to him as he's, like, in a gunfight with him. Like, in a classic... That was cool. In a classic trope. It's like, okay, okay. Yeah. It was great. I like so, that a lot. Sometimes you just need a trope. And you know what? I, I ate that. I ate that up. Oh yeah, that was that was a solid, solid trope there. Uh, yeah. Let me get to my notes. What did I write down here? Nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I like that. So they have their final showdown in town. He's reciting the rules, and then like after he, because uh, Lee Van Cleef's like, just give me a horse, I'll get out of your hair. And then of course he's like, once you wound a man, you gotta kill him. And then after he's done killing Lee Van Cleef, he takes his gun and throws it through a window. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the other Showed thing. that he's a man of peace now. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> also he doesn't what? he doesn't throw it in a canyon or like or or or, or into a burning building. It's just he or, throws it into a building. <laughs> he broke somebody's window just for some, I guess, internal catharsis. Like I'm not going to be like him. 
uh, could, you couldn't ride out again. You couldn't ride out gloriously into the in, in, into the desert and throw it into a river or something. Right, right, right. But throw it into a stream. Uh, throw it into a maybe a bucket of poop. I don't know. <laughs> that would do it. I wouldn't want to use that gun after that. Speaking of guns hidden in unusual places, like in buckets of poop, uh, was it he's sent to get like because you know they uh, at one point. Um, Lee Van Cleef pull, pulls a fast one on uh, Joe Shit the Ragman. And uh, he relieves him of his gun. And there's another character who is temporarily Marshall. And he was like, he apparently was an old-timey Marshall like 20 years before and threw Van Cleef out of a town, blah, 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 blah. So he's just like, I have something hidden for you in case the things go south. And he goes in there. And what looks like it used to be like a toilet seat, yes. he reaches in there. It's filled with straw. He pulls out a, a long object wrapped in like 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 leather, and I was like, oh, "It's a lightsaber." <laughs> Use the Force, Scott. <laughs> That's a Jedi name if I've ever heard it. Beam oh, me yes. up, Scotty. Well, now what do you think of that? Oh, oh shit! May the Force be with you. Oh, May the Force be with you, Scotty. You're and a wizard, you. Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, then he like there's a whole thing about how like a lo- much too long explainer that that old coot, which I think is the best coot in the movie. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying like, no, he's got a shortened gun, doesn't have a sight on it, so he can grab it like this. And there's this whole that's where the whole thing about caressing the hammer and like grabbing the barrel overhand. It's like, oh, geez, guys, like that's where that all came from. Yeah, they made it seem like it was a, like the letter. So it was like uh, one of those Civil War letters, like "Dearest Martha, <laughs> times are tough here." In the camp, upon the morrow we we're outside of Richmond. But upon the morrow we shall attack the rebel lines. Right, I think <laughs> of you often. If I do not return home, please remember how I died by shitting violently and <laughs> typhoid fever in camp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm glad we did the soundtrack too. Like the uh, I forget what the name of that song is that was written in like the 1980s, but they use it in the Civil War, and everyone thinks yeah. it's an old timey fiddle song, and it's not all at right. all. The Ashokan uh, farewell. I think it's from the 30s, but yeah, same yeah. same rule applies. Most of those guys were dead by the time that oh yeah <laughs> that right song came out. But yeah, Man. so in the letter, he's talking about like I'm leaving you my gun and how he's modified it so like it's I guess a even better gun and. He had a line in that letter that was something mm-hmm. like, I've made it so all you got to do is think about shooting, and it'll shoot. And I'm like, is it magic? Yeah. Is it a magic gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's the, I don't know. Maybe. Ashokan Farewell was written in 1982. Oh, I stand corrected. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn it, Stu. Go sit in the punishment shed. Well... It's been good. Well, uh, it's, it's been a good life. But like, <laughs> let me tell you, the the death scene, like the Lee Van Cleef, like being shot scene. As soon as he's shot, it's like the, the like Herb Albert and the T one of brass just comes on. Yeah. The music in this thing was off the rails, and I wow. loved it. I yeah. loved every minute of it. Yes. It was heavy on the horns. This is why I think this movie was a candidate to be turned into an anime. I just want to see some Japanese animators take the audio from this movie and just go go absolutely nuts. <laughs> I would like to see that. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like get some Japanese animators on this. Let's make this into a, a tsunami vehicle and, and and get like Get the get the kids involved in westerns again. <gasps> yeah, man, turn all the spaghettis into animes. <gasps> oh, blackjack! Blackjack! I'm I'm here for God. it. You could really stylize that out. That'd be kick ass. Holy oh, smokes! So Maybe edit it a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut um, some shit out. So let's let's look for some coots in this film. Give us give us the coot watch, eh? The big male's battle for the best fishing spots. Well, we really only had one coot, which was uh, what we mentioned 
I called him Chekhov's coot because we saw him in the very beginning and then we didn't see him again until the very end. Don't show me a coot in the first act if he's not going to go off in the third. <laughs> Did he go off? Not really. He kind of followed him around. I mean, he came back, which I was pleased to see. Yeah, that, he did come back. That that really is the only coot, unless we're counting. No, that's it. Yeah, I mean, he's the only coot, it. and he not only looked the like he looked the part really well. Like he had little tiny round glasses. One of them was blacked out, and the other one made his eye look like eight times the size. Uh, so he kind of had a crazed look about him, very mm. kind of disheveled in appearance, squat sort of man in a big dirty coat. Who got shot we, in the ass. He did get shot in the ass. Yeah. Uh, and when we first see him, he's just throwing tiny rocks into a pile of bottles. Just having a time. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. Yeah, like no, you do. Don't do that to my bottles. I need to refill those. With what? Right. I'm like, so you leave them outside in the dust? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's shitting in them. He's just throwing tiny rocks in there. No, the rocks are going to get in there anyway, buddy. Yeah, you could shake that out. Like, It's not like he's like spitting in them. Let God. him have some fun. So I liked uh, our, our bottle coot or Chekhov's coot, whatever you want to call him. He was think, a delight. I wish we had heard more from him. I think Patchy also counts as a coot just mm. because of the state of his beard and the way that he thought he could win a duel uh, for some goddamn reason, riding on the back of a horse with a gun that's 50 years out of date. He was a gunslinger <laughs> coot. That, 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 is, that is a primo coot move. <laughs> <laughs> it really was See, like crazy. The, the coot, the coot for me for this movie was actually that other stable hand that. Uh, oh, the marshal, yeah, yeah. who eventually was marshal. Yeah, who who had some sage advice, and he was just a little bit cootie. You yeah, know? he was Murph, Murph Allen Short. Yes, That's Murph. Murph. What a what a good coot name too. Murph really is classic I don't know Murph. If bottle coot had a name. Hell, I don't think they gave him a name, but yeah, uh, Murph, that definitely sounds like a guy who's been living in the hills a while. He clearly mm. lived in those stables. <laughs> he sure did. He was, we My see best friend's there. a horse. <laughs> My other friend's a poop smith. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! Woo! <clears throat> well, uh, oh. let's discuss... Uh, we got postcard the... moments. Oh, you Ooh, want to do face? I, I, want to do, let's, let's, I want to talk about who brought the face. He happens to be a sweet-looking dude. Uh, well, shit. Lee I, Van I wanna... Cleef, man, he has got a face for friggin' days. He, his sharp-eyed, sharp-faced stare at you, like, he, I think he made me feel bad. I took psychic damage from that look. <laughs> I, Amy, I defy you. For once, I will not agree with you on this <sighs> one. I'm gonna go for Wild Jack, who had a face oh. that was blown out of the side of a mountain. Yes. A, that was a craggy face. He was a strong uh, contender. Uh, you know what, guys? I, I'm going to have to break this tie by siding with Stu, unfortunately. <gasps> I, Hell yeah. But Betrayal. A, I'll tell you for one scene. The scene where we last see Wild Jack, he is face down in the sand, and he lifts his head up, and half of his face is covered in sand, and basically the other half is bloody, and that is... The f- the grizzledest face I've ever seen, and that's why there. that's why he's got the face. You got me there, but you know, it, I stand is, by Lee. But I I definitely see the merits of your choice. Uh, uh, Lee's face is eternal. That is the sharpest face in in the West. Yes, and that is why he's the eternal gunslinger. Yes, that's it. Yes, yeah, he's he's intense. Um, that kind of. That kind of leads me into my postcard moment. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the weird-ass thing you got for your postcard moment? You describing that face. I want that. <laughs> postcard. I want Wild Jack face in the dirt. Blood. I'll mail that to you, bro. Oh, great. Thinking of weirdest, you, brother. Sending me the weirdest shit. I'll oh, tell you what my postcard... Oh, 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 sorry. Okay. No, all right, let me go. Let me go. Because my postcard is the polar opposite of that, Amy. All right. My postcard that I want to send is I want to get one of those, like, really overly saturated, like, Technicolor postcards of just the facade <laughs> of the 45. 
with like <laughs> the big guns yeah. that are gold. I want it to be like hand painted. I, I want to send it to mom and just be like, hey, mom, this place is great. Wish you were here. Oh, I like that. This place is weird as hell. <laughs> Mom, I want to come home. Come get me. <laughs> I think I might be dead. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm near this I'm... weird hellish building. Help me. Sometimes I'll hear the drifting of uh, tinkling pianos and laughing uh, dancing girls, and other times I'll hear the screams of the tormented. <laughs> I think uh, somebody my... died here, Mom. <laughs> Like a lot of people. Oh, a lot. It's really quiet now, but there are a lot of screams. <laughs> anyway, hope you're having a great time. Right. Miss you. Miss you, Mom. Yes. Uh, my postcard moment is in the 45, they have um, some gunslingers uh, at, a, at a poker table, I guess. And they're all chatting around it, and it's just so wonderfully framed. It looks like a 19th century lithograph. I'm like, yeah, I like that. It's they're all just like they're just kind of like like slouched or kind of relaxed, and like arms draped over chairs. They got whiskey glasses around. Yeah, the, the perspective, around. the perspective mm-hmm. on that shot because the table is totally flat, like a landscape, and we're looking up at them to make them appear yes. slightly larger. But that also mm-hmm. gives us an insight. On what's going on behind the bar, which is yeah, what yeah, you want. I, I really enjoyed that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was a th- good shot. This was I. I gotta say, this was a very pretty movie. Mm-hmm. It was. It was very fun to look at. Uh, you know, definitely a case of beer. Not a case. Six pack of beer type of movie. I don't know if you could drink a case of beer in an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> Well, Please not with don't. that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, you you know what? Do what you do. Drink responsibly, folks. But uh, yeah, have a couple beers. Watch that movie with some pals. You gonna have a good time. Remember, Hell kids, yeah. you too can forever damage your liver if only you set your mind to it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Valuable advice here from the from the cow punchers. <laughs> Stuart, my body is a temple, ancient and haunted, <laughs> crumbling, crumbling, <laughs> in desperate need of repair. And uh, my body is a parking lot behind the Taco Bell. <laughs> At least yours probably gets fixed up with some municipal money. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. My body's a ditch out back. I don't know what's in there. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Plenty of solids. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, hey, I was wondering where that went. It's in the ditch out back. (laughs) Someone better come clean it out. I don't know what's happening. I'm not touching it. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. I don't want to go over there. I'm scared. Fuck that. <laughs> I saw a bunch of raccoons living in it. <laughs> Some good, hardworking raccoons. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, Great flick, y'all. Yeah. Impossible. I now, to wrap this up, an impossible question. How do we rate this? I give this five out of six sabatas. <laughs> is the sabata our gold standard now? You know what? For spaghettis, I think it is. All right, I, because... I would give it. I was gonna say a four and a half out of six. Because I was thinking about this, I think like the gold standard of like any spaghetti western, because it's it's essentially trash film. Is you find yourself saying like, I could watch that again right now, <laughs> and I'm. I'm not quite there with with this one. It's but the Sabata, Doritos Locos yeah. Taco of movies. I would yeah. give. I, I would give this movie uh, five out of six Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos. Well done, Pat. Well uh, done. I'm into it. Yes. Nice. So there you have it. This. <laughs> so there you have it. This is just a great spaghetti, and you should watch it. It's fun. Um, it, it's a thrill ride for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Teach oh, children right. lessons about 
gunsmithing. Not That's gunsmithing, right. gun wielding. Especially. Oh, Elwood El- 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 is making his uh, his presence known. Oh, what's up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and on that note, this has been Cal Punchers. Uh, as always, I'm one host, Stu Kaufman. And I'm Amy McLeod. And I am an host, sometimes, <laughs> Pat Jarrett. Y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail. Yeah. <laughs>